listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Boy, those Lakers. There's been so much talk about, you know, asterisks and such. But my impression is, as much as this one's going to count in the books, it feels a little anticlimactic. I'm not sure exactly why, but I think we got to start there with the Vegas lead. Yeah, that's and right. And in L.A., <laughs> Jonas Knox. Yeah, RJ, and it was uh, the Los Angeles Lakers taking a commanding three-game-to-one series lead over the Miami Heat. L.A. 102-96 was the final. Now just one win away from being crowned NBA champs. Fez, did you have a bet on the side of that game? I did not. Huh. Boy, did you see the last shot? I did. You know, the interesting thing about this, if imagine you laid seven with the Lakers. Well, that was the common line, right? Yes. So millions laid seven with exactly. the Lakers. Exactly. So the Lakers are up seven very late, and it's unclear whether Miami's gonna foul or not. And then almost half heartedly, Miami fouls, and you're so happy that the Lakers are shooting those two free throws, so you're gonna win. But no, you're gonna lose after the miracle three at the end. Yeah, so the line was seven. The spread was, or the margin in the game was seven. And then the Lakers made both free throws, so made it nine. And we actually have the sound on this. And, and to me, what's fascinating is how the announcer was so blase. It's almost like there's two universes there's the universe of people that bet sports. And there's the universe of sports fans who don't bet. Guess which one the announcer was in. <laughs> Let's listen. Back up by nine. And they will take a 3-1 lead in these finals. Hero throws it up. That one will go with 1.1 remaining. And that'll do it. Not the excitement that if you were in a sports book, and Maddie, you were behind the counter for many years, there's nothing like in a sports book when there's a last-second shot that decides a spread cover. Yeah, pre-COVID sports books. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if there's a crowd there, no doubt. Yeah, correct. But, but if, you, uh, if you had a microphone and all the houses <laughs> that had a bet on it, the uh, collective screams, both of joy and agony, I think significant. Sure, of course. Great contributions from Matty Hold here. <laughs> no, I mean, look, I think at the end of the day, that's you know, most Nothing of more to games say about come that. down to one of those things. Well, I don't think there's many games that the, the ball's in the air, and if it goes in, one side wins. And it's almost, I mean, it's exactly a buzzer beater for the, the, the win, right? Straight up win. That's the biggest excitement in sports. When you have a nine point mark, I, I think that's what makes sports betting so compelling is the game was over. The announcer's voice was blasé, right? It was like, huh, goes up, makes it. (laughs) Yeah, but there's a second spectrum, which is winning the spread. A nine-point game, the shot goes up, and there's a collective, oh my, oh my, what's going to happen? And we actually did a video depicting this. It's out on my Twitter, at RJ in Vegas. Jonas, as a recreational batter, I mean, that's part of the reason you bet, 
Yeah, it's awesome. And I've been in sports books before where, you know, you turn around and people are going nuts and you know, like, what's the big deal? It was a layup at the buzzer and it was the difference between hitting an over and not hitting an over in, in college basketball or something like that. It's so much fun. And I just think we're at a point now to where if you're an announcer or a broadcaster, why not point that out? And don't be so secretive about it. Just point it out and say, oh, and, and with that three, the Miami Heat have covered the spread. Like, I, I don't understand why we continue to try and shelter everybody from the gambling aspect of all this. No, I, I agree. That's an interesting point. I It strikes me that, and that's Bream, right? Is, it, yeah. is He seemed oblivious. Right? He could have been faking the, the blasé, but it felt genuine. It felt like the game was decided. But in another way, I think it could help the announcers in the game if you make mention of that reality with a minute left or at whatever mm. point the game it no longer became about as you were talking about oh the heat begrudgingly fouled it was like they know it was over but they went through the motions for the announcer to say now consider this this line was seven blah 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 it, can't, it doesn't have to be the focus of the game but it seems to me when you have a spread which is significantly off of the game being pick them that you now have two chances to have excitement at the end. Yeah. Where if all you care about is the game winning and losing, you've got one chance. It can be this, you know, at the last minute, it could be a tight game or not. Now the line is seven. There's a whole other set of scores that the line, the spread in this case, is at stake. That doubles the chance of excitement. It's a great point, because in this game, it was 83-all, so it was really exciting who was going to win the game, and then the Lakers slowly pulled away in the final few minutes, and where's the excitement? Well, now the excitement is on the point spread, exactly. But you just talked about, what's interesting is he asked me about what does a sports book look like when it's tight on the spread, and you're right, very exciting. One of my friends was at Red Rock last night playing poker, and he said it was really loud in there when he made, when Tyler hero made that last shot but what's really interesting is in a game with a big spread like that lakers game last night when it's really close and a favorite is nowhere near covering it's just as quiet so the game might be close at that point but suddenly the sports books get quiet so <laughs> so what you're saying is you're either a sports better or a sports fan first and even if it's an exciting game if the spread is not in dispute they're blasé. So the announcers blasé <laughs> when the when the spread was hanging in the balance. The betters are blasé at the game. Now, see, I think there's a, maybe the hardcore betters at the book, but even March Madness. I've been around. You know, I go to the books pre-COVID more during the big events. You know, March Madness, Super Bowl kind of things. Not the Super Bowl specifically, but it seems like you got more casual betters. Yeah, and on a, in a February Tuesday night, you got the lifers. But that's all you had last night was the lifers. Yeah, there yeah. was nobody rolling into town just to watch Lakers Heat Game Four. No, it's a, it's a, and to be that's a great segue. And I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. To let's assume LeBron wins this thing. So right now, Fez, what are the what's the percentage chance of the Heat coming back? Two percent. Okay, so there's a chance, as they would say, but not much of a chance. Assuming LeBron finishes and Lakers finish this, is there an asterisk? Is there a sense of, oh yeah, but? Jonas, what do you think? It just doesn't feel right. There's something So it about doesn't it. feel as monumental as it should? No, not at all. Not at all. 
Why do you think that is? I don't know if it's a combination of the lack of games in the regular season, maybe the restart, maybe some teams being better equipped to handle the bubble and some teams not. I just, the injuries played a factor, but there were injuries in the final a year ago. So I, I don't know that it's that if it's as much that. It's just, there's something about this NBA finals that I'm just not really all that excited about. No asterisk. Lakers have been the dominant team, 15-4. and four. All right, so let's divide up the conversation here. It's what the feeling is, and that's the, things about feeling. that's the thing about feeling. You don't know why. Maybe you have them even, right? What is love, Steve Fezzik? Mm. It's a mystery. Shakespeare tried to figure it out. You're not going to figure it out. No. Matty Holt might, but to me... I think Jonas is right, and the gut feeling is it feels anticlimactic. I'm not so sure, as we look back in time, we'll say, oh, legitimately, he should get ha- you know less credit. I agree with you. He should get credit. But what do you think about the feeling right now? I feel like the Lakers were so deserving versus all the other teams. They were so dominant. I don't see how you could... Well, I mean, right off the go, if the team that's the best team in the East comes out and literally has like three of their best players injured in the first game, that seems like that's the kind of definition of an asterisk, right? Oh, they won, but... I mean, the Toronto, to some degree, has that effect. It was such a big upset, though. Everyone still gives them credit. But if you have a big favorite come in and and the other team gets decimated in game one, how couldn't that be? Like, huh, that got that that was lucky. Yeah, but the Lakers were a big favorite against Miami you See, know, pre-flop people, before the people, series started. Some people actually don't assume the odds are always going to happen. And you know what? You probably make a mistake how often you think the odds. Like, like this is the guy that says, yeah, I don't think this team's really going to be motivated. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think the Heat will play hard in game five? Or Ab- I guess game six. Absolutely. Or five? Would not surprise me if the Heat won game five. Okay. I'm confused. What's their chance of winning the series? Two percent. So why aren't they there calculating with their abacuses and saying, <laughs> you know something, maybe we shouldn't try because what the hell, we're not going to win this thing anyway. Right? You've said that many times in the past. You go, oh, they're not going to try, they don't have any chance. Uh, my impression is this team has character and they're not calculating in their abacuses their chances of winning. So you're saying they're too stupid to calculate like you can. If they were smarter, they wouldn't play as hard. They're professionals. Well, as opposed to everyone else you say won't play hard? when they. <laughs> I think what we all got to accept is professional athletes are a different breed. It's like a professional gambler is a different breed. He can take risk in a different way. These guys have a different mentality about effort. I don't always love when they don't play hard, but they don't think like uh, actuaries, typically. <laughs> Matty Holt, usintegrity.com, integrity company, protecting us from the villainous game fixers. Asterisk or not? I say no, and because to me, asterisk is always what are, what are people going to say in 10 years? And the ones that come up in my mind are you know, the Patriots and Spygate or Reggie Bush at USC. Because 15, 10, 15 years later, you still remember that there was something foul about it that just, you know, hey, Reggie Bush, they cheated at USC or the Patriots cheated with Spygate somehow. I think at the end of the day, people, the only thing people are going to talk about with this championship is whoever the next great guy is. You know, Jordan has six. LeBron now has four. How many does the new great guy have? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, no one talks about 
you know, Magic and you know, like most people don't know probably that the Bulls won their first title against Magic in the Lakers, which sounds great, but that was a team limping to the finish line. Though Magic won the first game of that series, and the Lakers did, and then they got four. I think it was four zero after that. Here's where I come down on it. I think that right now Jonas is exactly right. The impact, the societal ripples of this are minuscule compared to a typical series. And I think it reinforces the NBA is very lucky to have the NBA Finals in June, typically, or at minimum, where it's the only game in town. Because you talk about this the day after the game, the whole show, day of the game, the whole preview. Now it's going to be one segment and out. Right? And this thing's almost over. It just in June, it would be very different. Now it's all NFL talk. And we see that with college football. I think college football, you can make the cases bigger than the NBA. But when it's on Monday and it's the championship game on Monday, they talk about it about half of the. It's more of a recap of the NFL than it is even the day of the game. It's a great point. And the next day, it gets uh, half as much time. You know, it's Tuesday, so maybe it gets a little more time, but that Monday night game gets more time than the national championship game. If that national championship game, now it couldn't be, but if it was somehow in June, how big would it be? The NFL is king, and I think everything, get, the sun gets, anything gets blotted out by the NFL if it goes up against it. Jonas, I mean, would you agree if this was June, we'd be looking at this very differently? Oh, yeah, completely different. I also think, to your point, I mean, how often do we really do deep dives following the World Series? You know, like we see a World Series champ crowned, and unless it's a, a historic something like the Cubs winning or or Houston winning, and then you find out later they cheated or, or something like that, then we talk about it. But because it's in the middle of football season, the NFL is king, college football is number two, and everybody else is fighting for scraps. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Maddie Holden, the house. Maddie, a guy who understands behind the counter as well as anyone walking the earth. Good day for it because we got so many NFL games off the board. We got to figure out what it means. It's a great day to join us. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. We promise best football season yet. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas. Right now in Las Vegas on the Strip, 94 degrees. The neon is flowing. So, RJ, around the National Football League, we had some quarterback news in Washington. We had quarterback news with the New York Jets, but we also had a positive COVID test for Stephon Gilmore, the reigning defensive player of the year. So he is out for the immediate future for the Patriots. Yes, and we're going to go through these five games off the board right now. And, Matt, you mentioned it during the commercial. You've been couple years now with integrity, but also many, many years before that, booking over a billion dollars a year here in Nevada. And five games off the board, maybe we've never... Can, I can't remember seeing it. I can't. I, I would be willing to wager that it's been at, l- at least seven or eight years. I mean, I can't remember a time in the last seven, eight years that any individual week we had five NFL games off the board. They hate taking... Typically, they hate taking games off the board because you can't bat them. Correct. Right. And that's the tourist attraction. NFL games are the attractor in sports books from August all the way through February. 
Now, you understand the tax side, the, the regulation side very well. There is a reason, if you kind of understand it, why with the real chance of these games being canceled. Because if you think about it, when a game was off the board in the past, it was driven by an injury. Oh, the quarterback's out. But the game was going to get played. 100%. How many games? I mean, what's there been prior to this year? Two or three games in the last 10 years that were canceled? Ever. Or and they d- were moved for like hurricanes or something. Yeah, and yes. then they'd play on a Tuesday or something. I mean, and we're talking like every three years, right? So in the past, it was always, we are so uncertain as the bookies about this game, the way the line should be. We got to take it off the board till we get more information. Correct. Right? Now it's, we're uncertain, but you know what? We don't want bets on a game that we're uncertain of because... Because they have to pay taxes on this, both federal and state. And so if this game ends up not being played, use Buffalo, Tennessee this week, which has a very high likelihood of not being played. If you allow wagers to come in all week and you have to refund all those wagers, you pay a quarter of one percent a quarter of 1% federal tax and a quarter of 1% state tax, and all of a sudden you're paying $0.50 cents out of every $100 wagered and refunding all those bets, it adds up quickly. And think about it, the hold percentage on $100, the theoretical, is only about $4.50. Correct. So you're saying about one-ninth of your profit goes to taxes, and you have to pay that one-ninth regardless if you take the bet, even if you refund it. Correct. Thus, they're being more conservative by taking these games off the board because they don't want to take the bets if there's a good chance they have to refund them. Correct. We are straight out of Vegas. I'm RJ Bell, Matty Holt, Steve Fezzik, Jonas Knox in LA. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Now, speaking of COVID, Steve. We're going to give you a little, <laughs> you look a little weak. No. What? No, 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 no. We're going to give you some credit here, but first you got to feel a little pain. So how are you doing on your seven picks? Now, for those that don't listen to the podcast, and what I would say is this podcast, if you miss anything, search straight out of Vegas. If you want our deep NFL dive, pregame.com, just search for RJ Bell and you'll see that also. Both, actually, if you search for me. And I think they're both excellent in different ways. But the pod is a deep dive that we do. Fez, we made a bet on that pod, and we do it every Friday. You have to pick seven games a week. Now, Maddie, I don't know if oh, it was... Oh, roped me in. It, I don't know if it was all of the years of like wrestling snakes with you, like a bag of snakes, and he was the bookie, and you were trying to get him. But he said, that guy's sharp as a knife. I want to be on his side. So we cross-bet $500. Oh, man. How you got to report every Wednesday directly into Matt's eyes. What's your record now? <laughs> Six, 14, and uh, one. And you promised me you were going to turn it around last week. <laughs> Six, 14, and oh. a drunk baby flipping coins would do better. Oh, uh-huh. Steve, you got to remember, Matt, you were betting on him, but against me. That's just a mistake. I know. I just, I was going to stay out of it. Then I was going to get on. And then I looked at Steve and he said, 51%. No problem. And he just like something about it. I went, all right, Steve. Well, remember. It has been a train wreck. uh, Remember, this is what you need to remember. And RJ, we trust you. What's up? We're on them, baby. Here we go. Tuition paid. Just think of this as tuition paid. Yeah. You've learned something. Go ahead. So are all these NFL teams that are one and three? They should just go ahead and give up because they're t- 
That's what you would say, <laughs> Mr. Actuary. <laughs> now, here's where, listen, we're doing it where every game we've got a bet. So yes. I'm just hoping this becomes a multiplier effect. You get so disgruntled, you start drinking, maybe. <laughs> and I mean, just the whole thing. That happens Sunday night. <laughs> what are the percentage chances that Fez finishes above 500? Oh, now that's interesting. That is interesting. So your record one more time. Six, fourteen, and one. That can't be it. That's it. That's so it. you you're like twenty-eight <laughs> percent. It's a little better. It's real close. Yeah. All right. So what are now you're four weeks in. Seventeen weeks ago. So you're a little less than twenty-five percent of the way through. What odds would you need to double up your bet on Steve? I don't understand the numbers. You said you're six, fourteen, and one? But we didn't do it the first week. No, it was yes. A, so we, we skipped week one. Oh, yeah, it's only like, three the numbers weeks. don't make up. Okay, four, yeah. it's yeah. only three weeks in. Okay, yeah. Okay, so but, so he has a chance to come back. Like, no, I think it should be even money at this point. No, <laughs> I mean, what are the betting odds? It's like minus two twenty. You right now? You think? Oh, that's actually giving you a lot of credit. So you're saying about a thirty percent chance he still wins? Yeah, that means that he was the favorite to open, and yeah, which is untrue. To minus, well, uh, tuition paid. Obviously, I'm on the wrong side of the favorite to open. Does that? So what would you want there, Jonas? If you could have, uh, let's say, plus two hundred on Fez from here, meaning that the whole season counts, but you're getting two to one because he's in a hole. I would need more than plus 200. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Jonas has gotten really sharp in these two years. I mean, (laughs) all right. It's time to give Steve Fezzik credit because he is the only two-time Super Contest champion. Now, if there's ever... Back to back. Back back to back. If there's ever going to be a story, how sharp was RJ? It will be Fezzik was 28%, and somehow RJ had the Super Contest team in contention. Now, how has it happened? It's a mystery. You have not had a losing week. It's 11 weeks in a row. It's a mystery to me. It's us. It's us. It's just more me. It's a, but it's, it's a mystery. I don't think it's a mystery to you because you're like, got your abacus out and no. like all day Saturday. First of all, I don't have, you have the abacus. Yeah, but number two enough. is, I don't know. There's that last pick happening. And this is what I wanted to talk about quickly. Steve gets credit for keeping us off the lines. Because Saturday night, I do one last sweep, and I see it just was announced by Mike Florio that a Saint player tested positive, and they were en route to play the lines. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, en route? That means that dude's probably, who knows, on the plane or other. Mm-hmm. This thing could get canceled. So I do a quick text to him. I mean, we had to submit the plays. McKenzie was down at the Westgate within 15 minutes. And I go, what do you think we should do? I wasn't sure. My gut was to still put in the Lions. Because Matty Holt, he has a romantic relationship with the Lions. He, he, they were number one for your, you, right? Yeah. No, no, the Jags. <laughs> no, you had him number one. It was number one. Just check your email. Lions. He had him number one. You both had the same game. But I thought, I don't like the Lions, actually. So I hope Steve says... Yeah, because they got out to a 14 nothing lead. <laughs> The death blow. <laughs> the death blow. I'm, I'm thinking, I don't have the guts not to play both their number one picks. But if Steve says maybe we should pass because of the COVID scare, because here's the thing you got to remember. In these contests, if they cancel the game, you get a loss. It's like you didn't win it. They don't care. Oh, wow. So Steve came back with a great point. 
if it was, uh, what were you saying, a 4% chance? Yeah, I used 4%. And how did you calculate? Saying from 4%, what does it mean to our results? So I thought the Lions was a 56% play, plus <laughs> yeah. the 4.5. And, and I was yeah, like, you know what? The line was 3. And yeah. even if it is 56%, if I'm going to lose 4% off that 56 now it's only a 52%. And I said, you know what? All our competitors are going to take the Lions for line value because they're seeing that great plus four and a half. So we really need to be better than 52% to play this. So I suggested we pass. Now that gave me all I needed to say, Steve said so, I'm off, and let's be candid. It was great analysis because though they played the game, you got to figure most people weren't checking the wires right before submission time, didn't see that. And thus, and I haven't seen this week's results, but I'm guessing a lot of lines batters. And if you're in a contest, you want to be contrarian because if everyone has the same pick and you win, you don't gain anything, right? So, Steve, you, it's not so much you're picking, but you were a scapegoat. And that contributed a lot. No, you. I kudos to you because you identified. You said, "Look, it's a COVID year. There's not going to be any of the submit our plays five, six hours early. We don't submit until the deadline is fast approaching." I even said, "You were out to some romantic dinner that we had to like try to send smoke signals to get any response." I was crumpled on the tennis court. My (laughs) calf had just collapsed. But the uh, the bottom line is, are you in a COVID year? You nailed it. Normally, no news happens on Saturday night, but this year it does. All right. Are you off the lines finally, Matty Holt? I've just never seen anything like it. They have had double-digit leads in three games this year, and they're 0-3 straight up and 0-3 against the spread in those three games. And historically, if you're up double digits, you win 89% of the time in the NFL. And he's 2-for-11 now. So we're two, points, we're two points back from the lead right now in the gold, winner-take-all. 40 of the 72 entrants had the lines. 40 of 72. Steve, good job, baby. Again, wasn't wasn't handicapping. Jonas, what's your takeaway from all this? You enjoyed viscer or vicariously watch. I, I just I think that Fez, I could tell that he was really confident in the percentages he gave out. He sounded much more confident than the seven picks that he makes each week. <laughs> so he he really identified he really identified and broke down. And that's that's the part that's fascinating to me is that Fez can tell you a percentage on a game or a situation faster than anybody I've ever seen. And he's probably the best. That's the it's, one time I don't crazy. fade him. When it's yeah. quick analysis of yes. the odds. He maybe if this all goes in the crapper, he can become an actuary again. <laughs> <laughs> What's this? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish above 500. I'll bet plus 200. <laughs> Who wants it? Ooh. You want it, Jonas? You I want, want no part. Uh, wait a minute. No so you're saying you're taking plus? Now you can hedge yourself out here to some degree. But at two to one, you know, you got to lay minus two hundred. How big of a yeah? How big of a hole am I going to lay here? <laughs> but I let give, me lose either way. <laughs> I give him credit. Everyone said it wasn't enough, and he's saying he bet on himself. Listen, you got enough pressure on yourself right now. Good point. And and I I in a way I could ramp up the pressure by taking that bet, but I don't want you thinking you got two to one. You don't. <laughs> you don't.